a simple problem can have a simple solution, but um, a simple problem can also have a complex solution and vice versa. And all innovation is, is building and creating and learning to solve problems of today and tomorrow. A lot of uh, teachers, a lot of instructors share your uh, sentiment here, uh, Anjali, and, and they uh, try to encourage students to experiment and, and step out of their comfort zone and, and try out. Especially like for teenagers, for you know younger demographics, they're dealing a lot with self-doubt, with a lot of mental health issues because they're still trying to figure out their personalities. You can't change how people react to you, but you can change how you react to them. I like to tell girls that expectations are only what the media and the world has created. It's not your expectations for yourself, right? And so don't feel the need to match those expectations. Hello everyone and welcome to Science Journal. Today we are joined by young scientist and inventor Anjali Rao, hailing from Denver, Colorado. Anjali has already been nominated by Times Magazine as the first ever kid of the year for her astonishing work. At age 15, Anjali has already invented several innovations that tackle societal issues such as cyberbullying, contaminated drinking water, and opioid addiction. Welcome to Science Journal, Anjali, and thank you for joining us today in this episode here at the Y Summit for Education. Perfect, thank you for having me. Hi, my name is Gitanjali Rao. Um, I go by Anjali. I'm 16 years old. I'm an innovator. I'm an author. I'm a STEM promoter. I live in Denver, Colorado, and I go to STEM School Highlands Ranch, and I'm in 11th grade. Um, at the same time, while I'm a student in high school, I'm researching, I'm solving global problems, and also spreading awareness on what innovation really is in the education system by speaking at conferences like WISE and running innovation workshops for students all across the world who have fantastic ideas but might not know where to start. So that's a little bit about me, and I'm looking forward to being on this podcast. Thank you, Anjali, and welcome. Uh, and thanks for uh, talking uh, with us and, and um, being here in Doha. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. We are also joined today by Professor Anto Mohsen, Professor of Science and Technology Studies at Northwestern University in Qatar. Welcome, Professor. Thank you, Asma. Hi, Anjali. Hi, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm doing absolutely great. So first of all, could you please share with us some examples of items and solutions that you have invented? Yeah, of course. First of all, thank you all for having me here today. It's such a pleasure to be on your podcast. Um, so I've been creating inventions since I was about, I'm going to say four or five years old, and they've grown in the complexity, but also just in how much they impact people. Um, I'll name my three most known ones. I created a device called Tethys, which helps to detect for lead in drinking water using carbon nanotube sensors. I created a device called Epioni, which helps to diagnose for opiate addiction at an early stage using gene editing techniques and protein detection methods. And I created an app called Kindly, which helps to detect and prevent cyberbullying using artificial intelligence and machine learning. Um, and currently, Kindly is adopted by UNICEF and is out there for people to start using across the world. So those are some of my most well-known inventions, but I hope to keep that path going. All right, could you please describe your creative and innovative process? In other words, where do you draw inspiration for your inventions? Yeah, um, that's a good question. And they come from a lot of different places, but I think it's really from problems that I find a connection to in the real world, right? Problems that I either face firsthand or problems that I see in the community around me and that I recognize that I want to solve. 
you know, a simple problem can have a simple solution, but um, a simple problem can also have a complex solution and vice versa, right? There's so many approaches that you can take towards it that sometimes it's easy to get lost. But most of the time what I recognize is that innovation is the process that you want it to be. Um, I like to say I have this five-step process. It's observe, brainstorm, research, build, and communicate. So I wrote a book called A Young Innovator's Guide to STEM, and I cover this entire process in detail, and I talk to, you know, basically the audience is K-12 students who are interested and have this passion to learn and solve problems but sometimes don't know where to start. And so I'm trying to give them this prescriptive guide on how to be able to do that, essentially. All right, so what do you think are good ways to encourage teenagers to be more innovative and interested in science? I think the best way to encourage teenagers is to recognize that innovation isn't everything that they do, right? Whether it's something big or something small, innovation is such a crucial part of our daily lives and it's in everything that we do. And all innovation is, is building and creating and learning to solve problems of today and tomorrow, right? And it happens all the time, but it's just this continuous process that People can learn and people can continue to have in their daily lives, right? And as long as that passion and that thing that people do every single day is fostered and supported, then just becomes a natural part of something everyone does. That's great to hear. Um, Building on on the question, I wanted to ask um, uh, more specific questions related to that. Uh, It has something to do with the uh, session that I attended this morning with you, uh, encouraging uh, girls to get into the STEM field. Yeah. Um, uh, what are some ways that you would advise uh, female teenagers, young girls who have interest in any of the STEM fields uh, that they can do? I think the biggest thing that I would advise anyone to do is, especially for girls, is to recognize that they have the potential no matter what anyone says, right? A lot of times it's very easy to be shot down, especially because, you know, I like to say who I am stands out for itself. I'm 16 years old. I'm South Asian. I'm a girl. Um, everything that you see is that's basically wrong in what we expect a scientist to be. I like to tell girls that expectations are only what the media and the world has created. It's not your expectations for yourself, right? And so... Don't feel the need to match those expectations. Something I I like to say a lot is you can't change how people react to you, but you can change how you react to them. And um, yeah, so out of the thousands of people who will try to shoot you down, there'll be the couple that pick you up and those people that you can go towards. And those are the people you should look at. And those are the people you should look at and take as your examples. Wow, great. I think that's a very sage advice, and I think that's very insightful as well. Thank you. Although I, I would like to uh, respond to what you said earlier, um, your identity um, is not something that is necessarily wrong in science. Perhaps it's uh, less common in science. Yeah. And, and we need to um, highlight uh, more uh, course, uh, scientists yeah. uh, that have uh, different backgrounds and identities like you do. Absolutely. I think that that's a huge part of it, right? That our identities, um, I like to say that there'll be a future one day where there's no longer girls in STEM um, or 16-year-olds in STEM. It's just going to be people in STEM. Oh, yeah. yeah. And one day yes. that's when everyone's going to meet that stereotype. And that's okay, right? It's in the future, it's, it's okay right now if you don't meet what everyone expects you to be. But in the future, maybe one day you will. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, inshallah, as, as we say here. 
So what would you say to teenagers who have ideas for new innovations and inventions but are struggling to bring it to reality? I think the biggest thing that I would say to them and I guess advise them to do is that the the only thing holding you back at this point is your own self-doubt, right? Um, any idea can start with a piece of paper or, or a piece of paper, a pencil in creativity, right? I start every idea with that and it go, grows from there, right? It starts at a very early stage and it only gets better from there. So start somewhere, right? Even if it's starting small, start somewhere. And take that first risk to do it, right? Once you take that first risk, everything kind of fits into place. Um, because think about it this way. The worst thing that's going to happen is that you fail. The worst thing that's going to happen is that you try again. And the worst thing that's going to happen is that you get the answer no. But that's the worst thing that's going to happen. From there, it can only get better. Yeah, that's great. You know, don't be afraid to fail. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Exactly. I think... Uh... A lot of uh, teachers, a lot of instructors uh, share your uh, sentiment here, yeah. uh, Anjali, and, and they uh, try to encourage students to experiment and, and step out of their comfort zone and, and try out, right? Um, so that's a, another good advice coming from you. Yes, I absolutely agree with you. I think that's really good advice, um, especially like for teenagers, for you know younger demographics, they're dealing a lot with self-doubt, with a lot of mental health issues because they're still trying to figure out their personalities. Right. They're yeah. dealing with a lot at school and everything. So I think it can be really challenging. And honestly, kudos to you for doing so much at such a young age and being so strong and amazing about it. So that brings us to my next point. So you are incredible. And we would like to ask you if you have faced any challenges when inventing because behind every strong person is a lot of challenges. Yeah. So if you could talk to us about that. Many. Um, I think some of the biggest ones have been from like my demographic, as you were talking about. Um, it's very difficult to be accepted for who you are, um, especially when you're out there in the public and you're talking about things that are, are quite literally controversial, right? Um, it's People are going to try and shoot you down no matter what. And so those are probably some of the biggest challenges that I faced. I think another one was being taken seriously for my age. Um, and I think that's still one that I, I face constantly. You know, I wasn't able to get into a lab at the age of, what, 14, 15, 13. And it, like, it's not really that big of a deal. But I think even beyond that, it's just people not answering emails um, because I was a kid. Or quite literally people telling me that you're too young to be coming up with stuff like this. Like, it's never going to work, right? And obviously, as the kid I was, I was extremely discouraged when I got emails like that. And now thinking back to it, it's really not that big of a deal. But um, at the time, all I wanted was like validation of someone else who can tell me that, oh, this is a great idea, right? So there have been so many challenges faced across the journey in that perspective as well. I think another part, a set of challenges that I faced was just um, myself right? Um, I feel like for any innovator, but also for any teenager, you tend to hide behind what society expects from you for a very, very long time, right? You forget to be who you are. Um, like, you feel like you have to act a certain way. You feel like you have to dress a certain way. You feel like you have to say things a certain way. Um, for the longest time, I would just play to what everyone expected, right? I would just say what I wanted, what, what would make people clap during a speech. I would say what would give people little quotes and bits so that they can use them for articles, but stop it there, right? Nothing that was actually my own thinking um, until I started doing that. And then I realized that what have I been doing all these years, right? Um, 
And sure, there because I was so scared of people looking at me in a negative way. And um, I, cause, okay, well, first of all, you have to recognize that in the media and stuff, it can be very, very scary, right? Everyone twists your words. And you see all these like huge pop stars who get just shot down in a minute because of something that they said wrong. And I was so scared of that that I forgot to look at the people who would stand up for me, right? Which is the majority of the audience, right? Is they, they weren't gonna, there, there was gonna be a couple of people who were gonna think, you know, standing up for women's rights and education is dumb, but there's going to be more people who think that it's a positive thing to do. And that that's who I started playing to. And that's the, I guess that's the audience I started wanting to work with. That's wonderful. So how would you advise young scientists and researchers to seek support and resources? Because you spoke about needing validation. Oh, yeah. I think validation might also be the wrong word because I feel like it's not necessarily validation. It's um, it's what you said, right, to motivation. Um, that's what I gain from working with mentors and support systems. I think what I've done is being in touch with anybody who even remotely says they want to work with me, right? Um. I get handed a business card, I reach out, right? That's what I try to do. I try to keep context in the book, but also I treat every teacher of mine and like all my parents, or all my parents, both of my parents, and even like any adult that has entered my life as a mentor in some way, right? Um, and what that's able to do is give me connections in the long run. A strong support system is someone who can help back you up, right? And someone who can help create an environment for you where you feel safe and where you feel excited to share your own journey and your own words. So I learned about you last year yeah. when you were uh, selected for the first ever Kid of the Year by Time <laughs> uh, magazine. So that was really, really awesome. That was really, really nice. Please tell us, um, uh, how was the experience? How did you feel uh, being featured as as first Kid of the Year by Time magazine? It was overwhelming and it was a whole whirlwind in the best way possible, right? It was it, the first couple of days was just so packed, so jam-packed, so busy. Didn't really even get time to sleep. I was doing interviews from quite literally 3 a.m. in the morning to like midnight. And um, it, it was honestly just, it, this past year has just been so exciting. I've gotten to travel across the world. I've gotten to do a lot of speeches, talk to a lot of people. But really what I've learned is it's allowed me to have my voice heard. And it's really exciting to see all of that happen. Awesome. Great. Um, and I thank WISE for inviting you as oh, yeah. uh, one of the guest speakers. Huge thank you to WISE for, you know, having me here and, um, you know, giving me the opportunity to kind of share my words. And um, I, I love meeting the delegates. I've loved just being here. And um, it's been, a, these past couple of days have been a lot of fun, so. Thank you for listening to Science Journal Podcast. Don't forget to visit our website, sciencejournalqa.com, and follow us on Instagram at sciencejournal.qa. This episode of Science Journal was produced by Professor Anto Mohsen and his research assistants, Asma Nakib, Elissa Mifleh, and Ahmed Jassim. It was edited by Ahmed Jassim, Asma Nakib, and Elissa Mifleh. Graphics and artwork by Ahmed Jassim. This recording was done during the 2021 WISE Summit held at QNCC with the theme Generation Unmute, Reclaiming Our Future Through Education. The World Innovation Summit for Education is an initiative of Qatar Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization working in education 
research, and community development. The biennial summit brings together global community of innovators and education leaders active in 200 countries across the world. WISE is providing a global platform for the development of new ideas and solutions to the most pressing challenges in education. We would also like to thank Mr. Basim Hijazi, who facilitated this recording at the conference venue.